In this episode, we talk Hugo Short Stories 2020 Part 2, including rage-quitting literature, talk about the weather, some Game of Thrones nonsense, the power to change the world, antique pearl clutching, and I have flashbacks about my time in academia. Welcome, storytellers. Which is the next one on your A list? A Catalog of Storms by Fran Wilde. Yeah, I'll, I'll start this one. Um, A Catalog of Storms by Fran Wilde. Um, I wrote the literary equivalent of Manic Pixie Dream Girl, and I rage quit. Um, I was wondering if this was going to be the one. <laughs> this is this is the one. Because, okay, so we've read, book, we've read a story by her before. That was the one where, very similar to this, written, where I think it was like the sister... Who was trans and she she oh. killed herself and it was I mean but that, it was like that I weird like it. time stop yes and starts there was, and there's oh, time travel yeah. situation it's by the same author yes yeah, same author and she Gross. actually has no books wonder. that I own but like that was it was short enough and it was like that I was like okay I understand what's going on here. And, like, one time was enough. This, I started reading it, and I was like, I don't fucking care. I honestly don't care. Can I tell you Like, I notes? don't care. My notes yeah, are sure. literally, really didn't know how to feel about it. Pretty dull, actually. Yeah. What's the alley? I mean, I got it. <laughs> Those are my notes. I, I got, like, right. three of the, you know, scenes into it, and I was like, you're just speaking in riddles, and, like, nothing is becoming clear. Yes. And it's like, I, I don't want to work this hard to understand what you're talking about. Like... Right. Like, I felt... I feel that way about a lot of these stories, is that they're just, like, they're making me work for it, and, like, bro, this is my yeah. time. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like, have to be Leave here. me alone. <laughs> right, no, exactly. I mean, yeah. There's so much internet I haven't there's read a, yet. There's like, a, like, work for it. Go, tell me there's how like the story goes. There's, like, a work for it with a payoff. And I'm, this does yes. not have the payoff. And that is what I sensed mm-hmm. from the beginning is that like, I have read her books before, her stories before, and I did like the other one, but like it, I can sense that there is no payoff on this. It's just going to be a bunch of gobbledygook about the weather. And like, I just can't, I can't care about this today. And it's- <laughs> like, So Emily, you should, um, can we, uh, well, you can't actually, cause you don't, haven't read it, but yes. Lauren, would you like to, Please um, go go through the actual plot of the thing because Emily sure. can't. <laughs> this is the first because uh, usually it's me who can't. This is also one of those because I, I kind of agree wholeheartedly. I mean, I did finish reading it, but I'm also like, I don't know what the fuck I read. There's a village <laughs> on the edge of the ocean and they have these things called weathermen, which I guess are like women who get, they, they have this like undeniable calling to go yell at weather. Really, actually, <laughs> yes. physically she yell physically... at weather. She's not like, not a metaphor. Mm-hmm. They're literally screeching at weather. <laughs> they go out into a storm and just like fucking shout. So I guess there's this concept of like, if you know the name of a storm or you can figure out its intention or like its mood, you can yell at it and make it go away. And the and I and I say it's women because it all seems to be women. So there's this like particular family, and it's a mother with her three daughters. Um, 
two of which are twin sisters, one of the twins gets the calling and goes to this dilapidated lighthouse-esque place. That's like falling into the ocean. That's falling into the ocean and screams at weather. And eventually all these people turn into weather elements. So they might turn into mist or lightning or rain. And you learn that the mother's sister also met this fate. Yeah. They were, like, so that's what is happened. that it? That's kind of it. There's, There's a, a big, big storm, storm and like the girl stops it from happening. Things get like a little better at the end. Like things are like less dangerous and there's less weathermen. Yeah. Yeah. They go through like houses that I assume are like knocked down by storms and they look for, I guess, this I thought was kind of cool. They, the catalog or whatever. So I guess the weathermen, when they figure out what a storm is, they'll write it down. And, you know, and kind of describe it or whatever. So people, they'll, they'll name, name it. it. They'll and it then, name. so I guess the townsfolk will etch these things onto pieces of the house, like doorknobs or hinges and stuff as like charms to protect them from those storms. So I thought that was kind of cool. But yeah, so they like go through like houses that I guess got destroyed and find these things that are like etched with storm names moving on the next one is called (laughs) (laughs) well let's let's talk about it just a second like um it's uh, some things i i noticed that i think weren't kind of missing the descriptions here is that like i think the weather was sentient in some way like the weather surrounding this little town seemed to be personally attacking and like intelligent yes yeah, exactly. And so, like, these weathermen were a necessary evil to, in order to, like, protect the town from the malevolent weather, which yes. they did, but they did it at the cost of their own lives eventually. But they, could, they turned into weather. Um, so are so, they, did they turn into the things that they're shouting against? That's what I didn't get. Like, the idea that they become the weather so. that is berating the town? They, I think they become, like, benevolent weather and protect the town. Okay. That yeah. was my impression. I agree, because at the end, um, you can, like, the, the girl, the initial, the main character, like, protects everyone. And, and, like, someone says something, or the story says something like, oh, and we could we could feel her rain on the wind. <laughs> we could feel like her that. hot like, breath okay, on, our, <laughs> on our necks. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> And that's what humidity um, is. So, like, I thought that was an an interesting thing, and I I think it kind of also, um, honestly, I I got the impression that someone read, like, um, uh, uh, N.K. Jemisin's books about um, the people who could control geology and was like, I could do that. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, weather. They They do do weather. weather. (laughs) Although, I mean, this is very much in line with her other short story, um, in style especially. She likes storms. Unfortunate for her. Gosh. It's like the bird lady, Brooke Bolander, who always writes about bird ladies. It wasn't for me. That was definitely my number six. It was my number six, um, and I gave it a two. <laughs> that was actually my four. Really? <laughs> believe it or not. Because I, I liked, I disliked blood is another word for hunger more, and I, I really disliked don't look back my well, line. Well, that's a good transition. Let's uh, let's go for don't look that's back That's the one I line. really yeah, wanted you one. to do, Matt. Because you didn't like it, so I feel like it's only fair that <laughs> I will. we hear I will. your interpretation. So, Don't Look Back, My Lion. By Alex E. Harrow. Harrow. It's about these people who live in this society, which is constantly at war. This couple, specifically, uh, a two-woman couple, wh- where one is the wife, 
and one is the husband, and the wife, and in the society, all the wives are as husbands are in our society. So they are the, the main focal point of the relationships, and they do the work outside the home, and they are often warriors. Yeah, I think they um, are the warriors. Like, they don't do anything but warrior be warriors, right? As far as we can not see. Not in this particular yeah. story, but, uh, okay. you know, who yeah. can say? Fuck it. But they also give birth. Um, like, if uh, the gender is not the important thing. It's a, it's a title. It's not a... It's not based on what your gender is, if you're a wife or a husband. It's a title and a responsi- it's a, a set of responsibilities that come yes. along with that title in the society. I, I, I like that, just to pause on that thought, because like, I really, because I had this moment of like, it took me a minute, like I was trying to wrap my brain around it, and I was like, it's it's a role, but not a gender role, so it's just a yeah. role? Like, <laughs> so she's just the husband. She's just a husband. What? <laughs> This woman is the husband, and this one, this woman it, is the it wife. It's like a really great way, right. Of like right, like it is, it is a role, it's a title, it's not based on gender. So it made me immediately think of like my um, my sister, who's who is a lesbian, is married to a woman, and then oh, that yeah. like age old question of like, but which one's the man? And it's like, well, we're yeah. actually both women because we're lesbians, and that's what that means: is two women who love each other. And want to, and are like physically attracted to one another and want to be together. So I just thought it was really great because it's like, hey, what if people could actually hold that concept in their mind that there isn't like a man or like a woman, it's just wife, husband. So anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Matt. You were yeah. great. Sorry. You were doing great. So anyways, uh, this, this, this couple that the story centers around, one is a, is a wife, which is a, uh, a dominant role. And one is a husband, which is a, a, a submissive role in this society and um they together have uh, many children it's also a polyamorous society so that uh, the wife has children with other uh other yeah. people and um the the wife of the fa- or the husband of the family is takes care of them all and uh the husband the oh my shit it's, it's so hard very, to fucking do yeah. this the husband no the wife the 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 dominant rolled wife is a warrior and they're all warriors like emily mentioned earlier and a very famous one in this society, which is constantly at war. So their star is rising and has been rising for a long time. And uh, this this husband, this wife, who is uh, a woman and also a warrior, has become pregnant. Yes. With their with the fourth child in the family. And I think and, sorry uh, to interject here. It's interesting that like the pregnancy and the warrior uh, go together. Like, that is, that's, yes. like, their ideal is, like, this pregnant warrior just kicking your fucking ass. And it's Yes, in the society. And I, and I also yeah. wanted to ask you guys, so I also got the impression, like Matt said, she's, like, a really, like, famous warrior, so they call her the lion. So that's kind of how I thought of her in my mind. So the lion is, right, is the dominant one. She has, she also mm. had, like, multiple husbands. So it's, it is almost like a, not like a harem per se, but it's like she has, like, but yeah, this is like she has her husband who is this, so who is this other woman, but then she also has, I think it was, if I remember the story correctly, like at least like one or two other husbands who are men. So like some of her children are probably theirs, but, um, that's kind of what I, you also I, I got gathered. that. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then the other thing yeah. is that yeah, yeah. because her husband partner or like her first husband, if you will, like meaning first yeah. in line, not necessarily the first one her she top married. Yeah. Her top husband doesn't have children. So, like, she, even though 
even though she's a woman and she identifies as such, she doesn't birth any of the babies. I wasn't sure if that was because she is, so she's a healer and she has, um, like, um, some kind of disability. Like she has a heart, like a hard time, like one of her, like yeah, like, foot. yeah, she's like a club. Right. Foot. And, um, so I didn't know if it was like, she doesn't have babies because she is seen as like physically less than, or if it's because she's the husband. I think it's because she's the okay, husband. Okay, cool. I think that's the role I, that I she agree. took. I'm not sure that's ever brought up in the in the text, but like that's I the just want to make sure that you guys thought that as well. So like she sees the children as like her children, but they're like she's not actually like the birth mother, and so because of that, right? The lion, the wife, gets to decide that their children are like dedicated to their war god, which. We haven't touched on, so, like... But, sorry, I just... Again, you can cut all this out, Emily. (laughs) I just wanted to make sure that I was on the same page and that I wasn't, like, just making up a bunch of shit when I was reading it. Nope, you got it. As far as I know, that's what I got. (laughs) So, anyways, like Lauren said, um, this... The wife, the lion of of the city, has all these children with other husbands, and her main husband has no children except, um the ones that she takes care of from the other husbands and they call her uh the near the near husband because it's not near quite mother. quite or yeah, near yeah, mother yeah. right so she's the near mother to all these children because she's not quite she's not actually their mother but like she's basically she's near it um anyways all of the children all the 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 female children have grown up to be warriors and were were marked as such when they were born with uh, a scar across the Which eye. Which is so brutal. And Did anybody else think yeah. of circumcision? Real brutal. No. Right here. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, okay. <laughs> yep. But, so they are all marked as warriors and they all grow up to be warriors and they're kind of dicks to their their near mother because she is a husband and she's like kind of weak and servile. Um, but the story starts off with the near mother running away because she knows that this new child is going to be marked as a warrior and she doesn't yeah. want it anymore. She doesn't want to be part of of these wars she doesn't want her children to fight and die anymore in these battles that the that are constantly happening yeah. so she's trying to leave but the 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 wife follows her on a horse and and convinces her to come back with like tender love is this doesn't it's not forced it's just yeah. the force of love that brings her back initially so there's a war going on the the emperor comes over to the house and and dis, despite being pregnant the emperor comes over to um this the, the lion's house and says you have to go to battle and then she can't refuse because that's her profession and she's so famous she has to go to keep up appearances so she goes pregnant she takes with her several of her children uh one one warrior wife child and one one male child that is um Again, a servile position of some kind. I don't know exactly. Yeah, I forget the words they use. She has, like, two daughters and a son. And the son is, like... Mm -hmm. It's, like, he's part of the warrior culture, but he's... he's, To me, I almost got, like, a... um, He's, like, like a a page. Yeah. Well, not even, like, a shield maiden. I don't know if he gets to fight, per se. Or if he's, like, a page where he's, like, on call to be, like, at the ready. So it's, like, I'm, I mean, like, I guess he's on the battlefield, but I I got the impression that he was, like, right? Isn't that what, like, a knight's, like, a knight's page where it's, like, you're there? Like a squire. A squire. That's the word I'm looking for. I kind of got that idea. So it's, like, he he follows them and he goes where they go. And so he probably does get into battles, but it's, he's not, like, the one that's going to be decked out in the armor or whatever. Yes. He's not meant to fight, but right. like, he probably will fight 
because yeah so the the lion and uh her shot her her daughter who is also a very strong warrior and her son who is like the squire to her daughter go to battle uh the the lion and her daughter come back the son does not who's killed in battle as a as a requirement initially for the the husband of the lion to come back uh, the lion had to promise that their child their newest child would not be a warrior period and that was like that was the the deal deal. like i will stop walking up this mountain and going away from town if this child is not a warrior otherwise i'm i'm gonna i think they literally said like she's going to be yours like i'm instead of dedicate yeah we haven't touched on this but this society has two goddesses and one is like the goddess of death and one is the goddess of life and the current emperor is all about the goddess of death and that's why they've kind of turned into this warrior culture which they weren't always Mm -hmm. so the husband is the near mother she because she's a healer she represents, she, she identifies follows. herself and other people identify her with the goddess of life. And so the lion tells her, she will be your child. I will give her to you and you can raise her and teach her how to the how healer, to be a healer. Right. Yeah. This is a, a promise that uh, the lion makes. But after he comes back, she comes back from battle, it doesn't go that way. As uh, the baby is born and um, the daughter that went to battle with the lion, calls for a priest and just does the the eye-scarring thing, marking the new child as a warrior. Um, a warrior right off the bat. And she does this while the near mother is like, like the baby's been born and the near mother goes to the temple to like, to, to yeah, like to, to pray. pray, give an offering or to give thanks. So she comes back from the temple being like, thank you for this beautiful baby. And then sees that like her, yeah. her wife has allowed the child, to, the like the, like completely broken her promise the wife like looks at the the husband the lion lion slash wife looks at the husband like uh, they did it well i wasn't i was i just gave birth i couldn't stop it but yeah it's interesting because in this story while the wife has all the power she seems utterly powerless to stop what is happening like she Mm -hmm. she goes along with everything the emperor says she lets her child, who she also does not want to be a warrior, she lets the child right. be marked as a warrior. She, you know, her her favorite son went off to battle and died horribly, and he was, they both knew, not, like, cut out to be a warrior. Like, the you know. Right. She has to, like, she has to, like, grieve him on the DL because, like, everybody else is like, he died in battle, what more could you want? Like, we brought his body home, we burned it on the pyre, like... <laughs> Why are you sad? I could yeah, want him to be like, alive. This is the best thing that could have happened. This is the best ending that could have happened for him. The and oh. the, the motto that it, she has is that warriors or they don't want a good life; they want a good mm. death. And so, like that is what she says over and over again. Like I'm not supposed to live well in this life. I'm supposed to die well. Like, and mm-hmm. that is that's where her brain is at. She's trapped in the culture yeah. that she mm-hmm. lives in, and the um, the husband um, after after the child is marked gets up in the middle of the light and and is about to leave, and the lion is says, "Don't leave," and she's like, "I'm going to leave. Fuck you." And then the lion says, "Okay, take the kid yeah, with you. Yeah, take then. take like, the kid with you. I don't want them to be a warrior either. Go live a new she's life." She's clearly powerless to stop it. She yeah, she doesn't. Yeah, she has this. She comes back from the. She comes back from the war 
and and she's very changed and i think they they imply that it's mm-hmm. because her son died and it showed her the like futility yeah. of it where it's like why why are we dedicating our children to this he like you said emily he's clearly not cut out for this why did we just like push him to this anyways yeah. so she comes back with that she's right. completely disillusioned by it all and i think that at some point the husband says i'm tired of feeding my children to the emperor who the emperor the is also called yeah. the wolf yeah so you have the lion yeah, and the, the wolf, wolf of war so um and so not only does that happen the the uh, the husband takes the new child and goes into the mountains and goes somewhere far away. But uh, two days later, the husband smells fire on the wind, and we are told, as the readers of the story, that the wife went to confront the emperor after she gave up the child. Presumably, burned the city to the ground, which was yeah, rad, yeah, as hell. rad as hell. But it sounds like that that city got destroyed, and the the husband and the new child went away and like one of the cool interesting like neat little lines was like she resolves to tell the kid when it's old enough that the scar on its face was just an accident that means means nothing nothing. and i was like oh yeah yeah, what up (laughs) it was um it it was definitely interesting like the the roles were hard to wrap your head around because they used words like husband which means a specific thing in our culture and so it's just like okay i understand what you're doing but you're using this word that very specifically means a thing and it doesn't yes. mean that thing here. That's why I didn't like this story. I have it as number six. <laughs> it's my least favorite story because it's specifically and on purposely confusing. And I question if it would be as good of a story if all the gender roles were right way round. Well, would first it still of all, be a good story? Right way around is a is a subjective. Oh, okay, but... okay, you're right. The um the heteronormative yes. way around. If it were all the heteronormative way around. Would we still think that this was a good story? And, like, I don't know. It would be kind of bland. It would just be like, okay, she she ran away with the kid and the, the husband killed the emperor. I think it's emperor. different, though, okay. because men can't have babies. So this the story wouldn't work the other way around. Oh, I see what you're um, saying. But I think mm. the, the concept of... So I was at um, Sirens Con last year. It's a great con if anyone ever wants to go. But there was, like, a lecture about writing military things. And... It was given by this woman who used to be a Marine. And she was mm-hmm. like, ta- they were talking specifically about women in war. And she was like, women don't want to go to war. But when they do go to war, like, that is when it's over, like, for you. Like, it's what mm-hmm. we talked about earlier, where, like, uh, men will fight for ideals, but, like, women will fight for their children, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of uh, what it. it it makes them such dangerous warriors in a lot of senses. So I thought that it just reminded me of that lecture that she gave that was really good about women in war. Um, and the, the idea of like, it's typical for like pregnant women to go to war was just like, uh, I can't imagine. <laughs> I, I imagine I can see that like that, that would be very like affirming. Um, it sounds impossible, in my, in my... though. Like, it's just like, <laughs> I mean, I, I have, well, Lauren, you have recently had yeah, a child. Say... How would have that gone? Well, well, two years ago. It depends ago, on what trimester, Curtis. because if, if it had been my first trimester, I would have just fallen asleep all the time. Like, I literally just <laughs> c- compulsively fell asleep. I, I really, so I ranked this one. This one was my number one, and I I ranked it high as in terms of my like how much I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's because it's the first one I read, and then the rest of them, I was just like, oh, oh, ah, <laughs> yeah, ah! there's a lot of bummers yeah. in this one. So I wonder if that's why, because to me, a catalog of storms 
I just, yeah, that one I was just like, what the fuck? But the rest of them didn't really have a sense of hope, per se. I mean, maybe sort of, the, as the last I may know, I guess. But, like, this one felt like it was hopeful because it was literally like, I'm going to take you away from this. I'm going to subvert the intentions. Yeah, burn it all down. I'm going to burn it all down. Yeah. yeah, telling the baby. It's just like, yeah, you you fell when you were a baby. And that's how you got that scar. Even though it was really hard, this is one of those moments where I felt the the challenge of the change in gender roles. I liked it. I thought that I, I liked the challenge of, like, reading it and, like, wrapping my brain around it. And I thought it was, like, really... I saw it as, like, really good practice. Or whatever. Like, that's how I saw it. It was, like, I, I definitely kind of embraced it as this, like, mental exercise of, like, why not challenge these things? So I... I yeah. like that. I also really, I'm looking at my notes. I really connected with the goddesses of life and death and how they are supposed to be intertwined and how oof, maybe the theme for me was balance because I kept coming back to that idea of like when you feed one thing more than the other. So like we have a society that like worships literally death and the best way to do that is to be a warrior culture and kill and die. In the story, it goes a little bit into how they met. And they met because the healer was, like, at the... Kind of like the Nightingale situation where, like, she was... Go to the battlefields. Yeah, She was exactly. a medic in the battle. And that's how they yeah. met. And so the lion saw something beautiful and tender in her and asked her to... Even though other people were like, no, you can't have her for your first wife. Like, that's ridiculous. She's she's defective. She can't have babies. She can't give you babies. All these reasons. And she still chose her. So anyways, I really clung to that like idea of like, yeah, there's a reason that there's two of them and that their temples are side by side and they're supposed to go together. And when you, mm. you know, any anything in extremes is bad and unhealthy and eventually you do yeah. have to burn it down to... You have to do like a hard reset. So maybe I kind of got too philosophical about it. And so maybe I enjoyed it more because I imposed a lot of my thoughts and feelings onto it. I mean, that's uh, literature. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, this was dead middle for me, I think. I didn't hate it, but it wasn't my favorite. Uh, I liked, like you said, the concept. And I liked ra wrapping my brain around these like new gender roles. It was annoying they were using the word specifically husband because, like, that means a specific yeah. thing. I wish they had just chosen a different Well, and then word. they like, threw they in wife. near mother, and I was like, oh, well, we could have been using that all along. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's lots of options. We just chose the one that would, like, stop your brain. And maybe that's part of, like, why she yeah. chose it. Maybe she was just like... Well, and it, it definitely was, though. And, like, I felt like it was an attack, <laughs> almost. Like, the author was like, ha-ha, you want to enjoy a story, but here, do this fucking obstacle course, and, you know? Yeah, it's like, like, here's an obstacle course for your brain first, though. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, cool, I guess. Like, the story's pretty good by itself. I, I don't need this shit. Yeah. And I didn't. And, like, the story didn't, in my opinion. And, yeah. like, that's my that's why it's dead last for me. It was just, like, I felt, I feel um, angry that I was made to do this, like, um, mental gymnastics that I didn't need yeah. to do. Yeah, <laughs> and um, goes with the theme of, like, you have to... You have to take a chance and make a move to change your world. And even if that means, like, starting mm. over, 
even if that means like a complete just burn it the fuck down like in the first story like you you yeah. can affect change if you just and want she, to and that's another thing about it is that like she's the 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 healer the near mother the husband she's constantly saying like I'm nobody. I'm not going to do anything. These other people have great destinies. So that was a little, like, that to me almost felt, like, too self-deprecating. Because it's like, you're the narrator. You're obviously, like, important. Like, (laughs) I know you're not aware. This isn't Stranger Than Fiction. And you're not aware that you're the character in a story that is the narrator. But, like, that felt a little stressful. But she's, in the end, she's the only one who... In the end, she's the only one who can affect change because the lion herself, even though she like burned down entire civilizations, she's dead. So she didn't change. And she her didn't life. change anybody's she, mind either. So yeah. she has the opportunity yeah. to like raise this child just, in a completely different way. Yeah, she has the opportunity to start something yeah. new. It also, I have two things. Um, it also means that like the uh, the husband character um, is the only one. Um, that did have like the power to change the world. Like the, in the story, um, the, the, she talks always about like, Oh, my, my wife and the emperor are the kind of people who the world bends around. But like, really the, the wife bends around the husband because at the end of the story, um, the husband like burns the world down for yeah. her or like for what the emperor She goes after yeah. her. Like she has other husbands, the other... but she always goes after her first husband because she loves her. Yeah. yeah. It's just, you, you were saying um, about like the, the bending. I was just like, yeah, she's totally wrapped around the husband's finger. Right. And it's like a cute story, right? Like they're, they're like in love yeah. in like a real way. And I, when it first started, I was like, man, fuck that, that girl, that woman. She's like really awful. And like, she's just a warmonger. And then I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. Each other. And she knows that she's yeah. like doing wrong and she can't see a way to stop it. It like, felt a little yeah. games. Maybe it's because they she's... were using things like the wolf and the lion, but it felt a little game of Thronesies where it was like, <laughs> this is, this is our role. This is, you know, like that undeniable, yeah. like turning of the, the society. You guys want to go on the yeah, next one? Yeah, I was going to say, I can, I can do this one if you... Uh, I, you have to do this one this because I don't thing? know what the fuck... I thought this one was <laughs> fucking delightful, and it's partially because of, you, like, all the I weird... Um, there's one specific inside joke that I just, like, it delighted the fuck out of me. But um, ten excerpts from an annotated bibliography on the cannibal women of Ratnabar, Ratnabar Island by Nebedita Sen. Uh, And this is basically, it's in the, it reminds me of that other story we did that, like, the story actually happened in the, in the, um... Stet? Notes. Yes, Stet, that was such a good one. And this is basically a, a bunch of quotations from various papers and books and things, um, about an incident that happened. And I'll summarize the incident and then we can talk about, like, what it says but basically the incident is that the british come to this island and end up killing all the people there and only three young girls survive and so they try and take them back to england with them one of them dies and then the two of them uh come back to england and then one of them goes to this boarding school where she what appears to happen is that she falls in love with this english girl whose name is uh, Emma. Her name is Emma. And so Emma does the weirdest shit, and she cuts fillets of her her flesh out of her 
her side and feeds it to all of the girls at the at the academy that they go to and what my impression is is that it it somehow empowers this girl from this island because they get power from eating the flesh of other people and so that she can escape um this this world that she is in now and that was my impression of it but it's told in these little like short excerpts from different books uh, one of them is called, like, The Roots of Evil, a headmistress's account of what would come to be known as the Churchill Dinner. <laughs> um, and then um, this one is Eating the Other. This this is what part of what is so funny about this is that these are all titles that I can just see, like, academic papers being titled, like Eating yeah. the Other. <laughs> And, um, oh, this one is the best. Memory, mouth, mother, funerary cannibalism among the Ratnabar. And I was like, of course. It's like mouth, mother, memory. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, so there's a there's a few points, Emily, I yeah. think you might have missed. Go for it. And, uh, if you don't mind. So the, the first entry in this list of what seems like footnotes for a larger paper is one uh, about the British coming to the island. And they mention a few things. A, that cannibalism is, is rampant among the people there and that B most of the inhabitants are yes. women. In fact, almost 100% of the inhabitants are women and that somehow those two elements are related. Either they're able to procreate by eating or um, something about it means that they don't have male children. Yeah. Um, so it's not that the men have all left. It's that they just have a lot of female children. Exactly. And so, um, that kind of becomes the, that's hinted at throughout like all these annotations as you read more, but um, it's never like explicitly like said and like confirmed as true, um, which is an interesting thing. Um, anyways, that that was my point uh, in that. I didn't get the fact, Emily, that you mentioned that all of them were killed. I got the impression that like there was a massacre and many were killed, but. Not all. Yeah, so at the end you find out there still are people on that island, so maybe that's just something that I understood. Yeah, and so basically it starts off by... It's funny because the the dates also are interesting. So the first couple of excerpts mm-hmm. are like 1965, yeah. 1940, uh, 1943, and then you get to like the 2000s, and it's like reflecting <laughs> yeah. on what has already been discussed... And, like, uh, talking about it in, like, some other, like, higher thought processes. But then, this is my favorite part. Um, the... Oh, so there's, like, a rebuttal of recent rumors heard among the populace in 1904, uh, which is interesting. Okay, so we get to this part where there's a famous paper by um, this anthropologist whose last name is Spivak, and it's called Can the Subaltern Speak? And it's about, uh, like, anthropologists are famous for, like, talking about people. But in general, people can speak for themselves. And so there's this whole movement that this paper started of, like, trying to um, get the subaltern to speak. And this the title of this paper is, The Subaltern Will Speak If You Will Just Shut the Fuck Up. No, if you'll shut up and listen. Is that the last entry in the, uh, it's the not, list? It's not. It's actually number seven. But uh, it is by okay. Shalini Gar, and so she's clearly from this island. And then, and she talks about um, she talks about the island and like about her recollections of her. I think this woman is her aunt, 
or mm-hmm. or maybe her granddaughter, I, her grandmother. She's related to this this the people in the story. And then there are a couple more gars as the time goes on, uh, who also speak in the authors. Yeah, yeah, who also speak. And then at the end, um, there is and Shalini Gar comes back again. But then there's a um, a Shanti Gar who's like. Writing in 2016, who's writing for bitch media, and she's like, uh, talking like my cousin Shalini is an optimist, she believes in keeping the peace, getting along, not rocking the boat. What do I believe in? I think, let's be real, ladies, who among us hasn't sometimes been craving to eat the whole damn world? And it's just like, it's <laughs> I love that the most. It's so great. That was my favorite yeah. entry because at that point, it was like the whole thing was like a discourse on like how we talk about. Uh, the other at first we're shocked and then later on we become like reflective. curious and like um, yeah reflective even and then we like try and figure out like if they were right and then eventually it, it distills down to like hell yeah we're cannibals let's just fucking eat them <laughs> get back to your roots and it just is like ugh. Yeah, yeah exactly it's very much like a reaction to yeah like you said it's it's a that's a good way of putting it it's a progression of like old timey shocked like oh god sensationalist Send in uh, the missionaries. Like, well, what really yeah. happened? And then it's like, well, you know, they're the other, and how do we see this? And and then it's the people. And how do they see yeah, themselves? Yeah, how they see themselves. And then they're like, let me tell you how we see ourselves, because we're going to speak for ourselves. And then she's like, we just like to eat people. <laughs> <laughs> and really, who does Don't you want to exactly. eat people? She's like, yeah. an, it's like an invitation. It's like. And, like, in, in its own way, it's also, it's, like, sensationalist, but, like, in the opposite direction. And, like, this person in the last entry is, like, is maybe feels that way, but also is maybe just, like, capitalizing yeah. on, like, the sensation of eating and people. And she's also, you know? like, fuck you, we eat people. Deal with it. Yeah, like, exactly. She's, like, daring the modern world to come at her because she knows she can't be touched. Yeah. Um, no, I, I really, I liked this one. I had this as my uh, number three out of I six. Yeah, I had it number two. Uh, I'm... I actually enjoyed it more than I enjoyed um, the number one, which was the end. Now his lordship is laughing, because that was that was pretty mm. bleak. But um, this is this was kind of fun. Yeah, this one was fun. It was I I put it as number three because um, I think the other two had uh, the ones I had above it. The now and now his lordship is laughing, and as I last I may know, those had bigger stories to bigger tell. concepts and and like bigger stories and the the world building yeah. was better i thought in those but this one definitely was like kind of fun and it was like a little puzzle where you had to like kind of connect the dots through time and um this um it was short the sub or altern will speak if you'll shut up and listen is just it took me out it was i actually have <laughs> a printed copy of well uh the sub altern speak in my room because <laughs> I actually I didn't know that was like a famous paper. It's, it makes it a little bit more interesting. Agree. It's um, it's actually really interesting, and it was like very revolutionary at the time that it was written. But it's also like, yeah, yeah, we will speak. We have a lot to say, and the the one <laughs> Shalini uh, Gar who you know speaks a lot. She's like an academic, and she also talks about being British. Uh, and knowing that people still live on Ratnabar and knowing that she wouldn't fit at all it into that culture. Yeah, if you're looking at it, um, she had a really beautiful line about, like, showing up at the island with, like, in- oh, she said, like, something, something, and, like, English on our tongues or something, and just being, like, y- the descendants of these 
or this one or both girls who were taken to England. So it's like, right? Like that they were her, like her descendant somehow. And just being Mm -hmm. like, yeah, that idea of like, well, we have a right to this heritage because this is our heritage, but also like we're British and, and I, it brings it back to the theme that kind of runs pretty deep through most of these stories about like colonialism and how like they come in and like, they either tried to force your world order to fit their world order, or they literally like take you and put you in there. And so now you don't really belong to anybody. And it's yeah. how like fucked up that is where it's like, yeah, now, now because of that, it's like here, here's this Island, which by, by all rights, you should be able to go to and embrace it. But well, the people who are still there, they're going to look at you and be like, hi. Yeah. Lunch. Yeah, who the heck are you? Yeah, like, you know, well, you you certainly don't belong here. You, you've never been here before. You don't speak our language. You have a British accent. You're, yeah, I, I like this one, but I, I, I did not necessarily understand it clearly as well as you guys did. So this was one that I was like, that I was like, this is one I knew I was going to need to talk to you guys about because I was like, oh, I mean, I'm definitely getting something out of it. So like, I enjoyed it, but I enjoy it much more now like i feel like if i i will go back and reread it and have a much better like idea of what the intention was so i like that a lot I, being able to talk to you guys i about think that, i think that i after Yay. talking to matt kind of uh, see it better because i wasn't entirely sure what had happened after the english girl basically fed her flesh to everybody um but now that you've mentioned it it says like um as to the rumors of the um that the rat Ratnabari gain shape-shifting powers through the consumption of human flesh or that they practice a form of virgin birth. I can say with certainty that that's, uh, they are pure exaggeration. What I think happened is that you're right. That is like a form of impregnating the Ratnabari people is like eating part of the other mm-hmm. person and then they get pregnant and have a baby. I think that's See, I took it as... And again, maybe it's just all in like what we're bringing to the table when we read things like this. But I just assumed it was like, or they just like practice cannibalism for whatever reason. Like it's not necessarily a mystic thing, but because British people in the 1800s were the way they were. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Going back to what you were saying initially, Matt, about like the sensational, like shocking where it's like they eat people and then that's how they get pregnant. And it's like, no, that's not how fucking human bodies work. I mean, like maybe they cannibalize people, but they can do that for like other reasons. So I think that's like the one of the interesting things about this is that like it is a speculative fiction short story. So like maybe yeah, they do. Exactly. Maybe they do. We don't know. We can't be sure. But also maybe it's hysteria of like Victorian era British colonial rule. And like we just don't know because our sources unreliable, are yeah. unreliable. Yes. And it's it's like uh like I was saying about the Bengali people they used to say like oh, they, you know, slit their throats and drink blood in some sort of ritualistic thing. It's like, no, they're just robbers. They just, they just rob people. Like, it's not, it's not anything supernatural. It's not it's cultural. Just, it's just, like, greed-based. They greed just based. rob people because you're white and Everyone you're not supposed greed. to be there. Like, it's not right. some sort of, like, it, ugh, it was so crazy. So it's the same thing. Like, you know, maybe they're just, like, sensationalizing it. Yeah. Right, but the, I think the 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 cannibalism itself was, like, a true thing because it happened at the British boarding school or that's the thing that drives me crazy. I was thinking about this while I was reading this girl was brought to Britain 
and grew up in England, where she was told stories about her heritage, which included cannibalism. Well, she was a teenager, though, wasn't she? Um, I don't know if the well, story and then supports one of, or disappoints that. One of them that. had a thing about like the, like that they were like lesbian lovers. So, um, yeah, because I remember reading something and it was like, who knows what they're like whispering at each other. So again, it's this kind of like demonizing the girl from um, Ratnabar as like the corrupter, and you know she she seduced the the young English girl at her boarding school and like convinced right. her a scandal convinced her that like they needed to do this because I kind of got the feeling that they were in like cahoots like it was something that they decided to do together so I, I want to finish my thought though about this thing where this girl mm. was like brought to England and told about her her barbaric heritage and if she was a little bit younger than a teenager she, maybe she grew yeah, up she, was. she grew up with like this this narrative I'm like, maybe they never even did that shit. Maybe she was be- made to believe it, and so she believed it, and she started it there at the That's boarding school. That's a good school. point. And then, in 2016 in Bitch Media, the her descendants are like, hell yeah, we eat people. <laughs> it's our heritage. And like, who the fuck yeah. knows, right? Like, who, like, it's so mind-blowing to think of, like, what culture we create out of fear that isn't even culture, and then all of a sudden it yeah, is. Yeah, it doesn't even exist. And like, who... And who are we to say? Because the subaltern is speaking now, and like, or the closest thing we have yeah. to it. So like, I guess you eat people now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. But oh well, I also I also appreciate it's so the wild. idea too that it's like like you were saying, Matt. Like we we create these narratives out of like fear or like just complete ignorance, like about mm-hmm. you know like whatever, like throwing out all the throwbacks. But like, you know, there's like we talked about like, oh yeah, people believed in vampires because they didn't know how human bodies worked when they die. You know, so it's like we create these right. things because we just are ignorant about it or we're and we're scared of it. But then they snowball and then it's like this no longer belongs to you and that's how it gets you know, so it's yeah. like right. So it's like I actually really like your idea of like, yeah, this island. You know, they like because it could have been anything, right? Like they could have seen like right, like these people come to this island and maybe maybe they saw like what they thought was like a, a human skeleton by fire, like a cooking fire, and it turns out it was probably the sure. pig that they just ate. But nope, now you're cannibals. Boom. The trajectory of that narrative is lost forever. And I know this is speculative fiction, so it could be whatever. But this also happens in the real world all the time. you got to control your narrative if you can. That's right. So this whole podcast is about... Control your narrative, people. Tell your story. Now we come full circle. Mm -hmm. Keep telling your story, Emily. Yeah, yeah. Hey. um, That's a point. Hey, storytellers. How do we end this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Leave it. Leave it. I in. messed up that transition so bad. I gave it I right to you. Um, so, <laughs> you guys, how do you feel about this year's Hugo's? I, I. Some of them were good. I liked previous years better. Same. I will say, I think I want to switch uh, the ten excerpts now that we've talked about it from three to two and put his lordship in two because uh, I like the ten excerpts better. It it does have big ideas that I didn't even think about while I was mm-hmm. reading it. Uh, it's also way less sad. Yeah, it's definitely the lordship. least sad of all of them. It's kind of fun, actually. Um, yeah. And no, nobody dies. Well, no, in the beginning there's a massacre, so <laughs> never mind. Yeah, some, some people, people die. do die. But yes. um, no children are starved or 
right must be cut open for nuclear yes. codes or so there's there Whatever. is a bar here. <laughs> or Bastion with a hammer. <laughs> That's right. In a battle. There's a bar here that we have cleared for this. <laughs> this is, right. It's very low. Uh, well, thank you for listening, storytellers. Don't be a tropey dopes. And remember to control your damn narrative. <laughs> and keep telling your stories.